Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Today, we're continuing with our Names of God series, discussing what these names mentioned in Scripture reveal regarding God's character and how we can apply those truths during times of uncertainty or when we're called to embrace an uncomfortable, potentially frightening task or situation. Maybe God's called us to step away from a toxic work environment, trusting Him to provide for our family's needs. He might ask us to share our faith with a neighbor who hasn't seemed receptive to spiritual discussions in the past, or maybe to advocate for the marginalized. And in those moments, it's easy to think maybe God isn't or won't provide for us when we need him to. But the truth is we have a loving father. As my guest today, Ava Pennington has discovered, when our circumstances feel daunting and we don't always know precisely where God is leading us, we can trust fully in the character of the God who called us. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And I'm really looking forward to hearing how God has revealed himself as the eternal provider to Ava during a frightening time. Ava, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me here, Jennifer. I really appreciate it. Ava Pennington is an author, a speaker, and a Bible study fellowship teacher. Her books include The Daily Reflections on the Name of God, endorsed by Precepts founder Kay Author. You're going to want to get that book, absolutely. Ava also co-authored two children's books. She's written numerous magazine articles, and she's published in more than 30 anthologies. Ava is also a certified coach for Christian Writers and Speakers through ASA, the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association. Now, for more information, visit her at avapennington.com, and we'll Put that in our show notes as well. She's a woman of incredible strength who has learned what it means to lean on Jehovah Jireh during times of uncertainty and need. And Ava, I know you've experienced some tremendously difficult circumstances during your faith journey. Does one situation in particular stand out? Um, yes, in fact, there is one situation that I'm sort of still dealing with. A few years ago, I experienced a significant life change. After struggling with pancreatic cancer, my husband of 40 years graduated to heaven. We were married when I was 20 years old. I used to kid him that he robbed the cradle. But we got married the summer between my sophomore and junior years in college. And I moved from my parents' home to my new home with Russ, so I had never lived alone. We didn't have children, and with the exception of my dog, I'm pretty much on my own now. Of course, when he died, it was a scary time of grief and all the other accompanying emotions that that come with that grief. And of course, finances were one of my concerns. So many needs, and the frightening thing about them was that I didn't know what I didn't know. As I faced an uncertain future, how could I prepare for some needs if I didn't even know what they might be? Learning to live as a widow these past couple of years, and I have to confess, even in fact accepting that label, widow, 
has been one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. And this season of life is teaching me that although I thought I was trusting God in the good and the bad, in the easy and the hard, I hadn't even begun to scratch the surface. I've been brought face to face with the questions so many others have had to face. How can I trust God when he asks me to do hard things and at times even seemingly impossible things? Some of my biggest struggles were when problems occurred that in the past Russ would have handled and now I was facing issues I had no experience with. And there were times that fear pushed through and I wondered why God didn't step in and fix things. I mean, after all, Psalm 147 says he is a defender of widows. Again, I'm still struggling with that label. And I needed to believe that verse. And yet it would have been so easy to fall for the lie that God did not see me in my new circumstances. Several years earlier, I had written a one-year devotional on the names of God. And of all his names... One of several that I clung to and I still cling to in this new season was Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Jireh, the Lord will provide. You know, you said in the introduction, Jennifer, that I've learned and I'm going to correct you and say I am still learning just when I think I'm there. (laughs) A new circumstance will come up and God has to teach me all over again. Well, first I'd say that's super hard. I'm so, so sorry for your loss. And that's a lot to deal with. And like you said, just the the financial and the emotional and the grief. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine. And I can understand why that name has such significance to you. What a comfort to know God was with you, watching over you and holding you close during that time. And I've heard most people fear losing the people they love more than anything else. And I can understand that, which, and your story, it reminded me of a time when in scripture, God tested Abraham. So he was the patriarch who is considered by most to be the father of the Jewish nation. Now you can read his historical account in Genesis chapter 22, but I'm going to paraphrase it. When God called Abraham and his wife out of Ur, was a pagan homeland. He promised to bless the barren couple with land and descendants, but years and years and years passed and and Sarah still hadn't conceived. And the two came up with a game plan, used a surrogate, Sarah's handmaiden, that created quite a mess, one I'm certain they both regretted. But then after their colossal mistake, God appeared to Abraham again. He reiterated his promise, this time with additional details. This child of promise would come not from a surrogate, but instead from Sarah herself, a woman who is now 90 years old, obviously well beyond childbearing years. So you can imagine their celebration, their praise, their awe when that long promised child, he was named Isaac when he was finally born. Well, you can also probably imagine Abraham's deep, deep grief when years later, God called him to sacrifice the very child God had given him, the child that had become so very precious to him. And yet scripture tells us he obeyed immediately, trusting that God would still bring descendants from the boy, even if that meant raising him from the dead. And so the first thing in the morning, he loaded up his donkey, he took his son and his servant to the place God had told him about. And that brings us to Genesis 22, 6 to 14. Let me read it. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son, Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, 
The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar and on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. That is such a vivid, vivid image of, of our Savior. And, and I know that's a part that is really significant to you as well. It is. And it is because often when we think of God as our provider, we almost think of him as a cosmic Santa with, a, with an inexhaustible sack of gifts. But when the Lord first revealed his name as provider, it had nothing to do with the provision of material things. He chose instead circumstances involving something much more significant. I mean, here he is calling Abraham to obedience in sacrificing the son Abraham waited 25 years to receive. And still he obeyed obeyed God and God responded by providing a substitute sacrifice. In this case, the Lord saw in advance Abraham's need for a substitute sacrifice And we need that substitute today. First revelation of his name, Yahweh Jireh, was in the context of a substitute sacrifice. And I think that really helps us as well when we really, uh, that nothing reveals God's heart quite like Christ's death on the cross. There's no deeper expression of love. And I I know for me, with my walk, it took me a really long time to grasp that, that God truly did love me, that he truly wanted my best. And it wasn't because I didn't think he was good. It was because I didn't like why would he do that for me? Like I could understand how he'd do it for everybody else, but why would he do it for me? And it was a passage in Romans that really spoke to my heart where it talks about, you know, Paul's listing all of these, these things. And he's really talking about, you know, how our, our world is, is broken and it's not how God intended. And when we have all of these challenges and he says, but we're more than conquerors in Christ. And, and then he goes in this passage, like what can separate us from the love of Christ? And, and he talks about well, who will condemn us. And then, he, and then how Jesus Christ is interceding for us. And that too, thinking of that together. And I know condemnation in scripture in that passage is talking about like more kind of like a, a legal term, right? Like the, the penalty for our sins, but it still gave me the, the recognition that in Christ, I was pure, I was clean, I was redeemed. And my past had nothing to do with my present standing in Christ. And it was recognizing that the very one who gave his son is the one who had the power to condemn me if he chose and and had the right to condemn me. And yet he gave me the true lamb, right? Jesus Christ, the, the sacrifice that paid for, for my sins. And somehow that just, it shifted my brain 
to let me rest deeper in grace. Oh, I love that, Jennifer. I, I think for me, there have been times when it's a lot easier to believe for God so loved the world than to believe so God for God so loved me. Because I know me, right? I know the ugly things other people don't see. And uh, so, yeah, it is, it, it, it's significant to move from, for God so loved the world, to put ourselves in that context, isn't it? Yes. And now we have to look, okay, so how do we look on the other side of the promise? So those who believe in Jesus and, and have trust in him for salvation. Now, how do we live in the fact that he is our provider, our sustainer, our king. You know, I, you're right. It's it's one thing to have that relationship of salvation, but then how do you walk in it? And I come back to this passage in Genesis 22, where Abraham names the place the Lord will provide. And here's where it gets really interesting and kind of fun, because there are several Hebrew words that can be translated as provide, but the particular the word used here is a word that's related to seeing or recognizing that there will be a need for something. And that's, that's that, same, um, that same relationship, that same association that God sees to our needs to be able to provide before that need occurs. In this case, the Lord saw in advance Abraham's need for a substitute sacrifice for Isaac, and he provided a ram in a nearby thicket. Now, think about that for a moment. How old was that ram? Where was it born? How did it happen to be in that particular location, tangled in underbrush at just the right moment? How? Because Yahweh Jairus saw the need in advance and arranged every detail so that it would be there just when Abraham needed it. You know, when God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham could have walked in fear. He could have believed the lie that God was cold and cruel and capricious and someone not to be trusted. But Abraham knew the truth about God, just as we know the truth about God. God is always loving and faithful and good and trustworthy, and his nature will never change. The name Yahweh Jireh, the Lord will provide, assures us that he always sees our needs and is always at work for our ultimate good and his eternal glory. And just like the Lord was at work long before Abraham needed that ram at that precise moment, we can rest in the assurance that God is at work in our life, even if we don't quite see the results yet. In those times of waiting, we have a choice. We can believe the lie that God does not see us. Or as God's children in Jesus Christ, we can rest in the truth that the is a trustworthy provider. We already trust him for eternity and that makes it easier to trust him for today's needs. Amen. Well, would you mind closing us in prayer, Ava? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yahweh Jireh, you are the Lord who provides for us. You see and you know our needs long before we do and you delight in meeting them for your glory. Thank you for meeting our greatest need by sending your son, Jesus. And thank you for the assurance that if you've taken care of eternity, you are also taking care of our needs one day at a time. And we can thank you for all of this because of Jesus. 
in his name. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, Ava, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you again for having me here. And to our listeners, you'll want to check out Daily Reflections on the Name of God. So that's Ava's book and it's written by, or it's published by Baker. We'll have it in the show notes as well. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode encouraged you just to rest deeper in faith in Christ. And we would love it if you would rate it. That encourages us and it also helps others to find it. If you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe and then you won't miss a single episode. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, Just head over to lifeaudio.com. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.